Hi, it's Tony Kornheiser. The podcast is coming up in just a moment, but the sales weasels have got some sponsorships up front. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president enter Wondery's newest sports show, alternate routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors, Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. P.S. As the three boys are beginning to enter what we in the trade call the orthopedic years, also known as I Dare You, which comes only a few years before, hey, y'all, watch this. I offer my services as a pediatric radiologist <laughs> and would love to become the pediatric official x-ray doctor podcast. It's amazing how quickly after school the shirt just comes off and they start wrestling. <laughs> yeah. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So on this subject, yesterday I received a text from my son. The boys, two of the boys, because the baby captain is not able to play tennis yet. Right. He doesn't talk. You know, and he can't hold a racket. Racket's bigger than he is. But the older two, Bootsy and the Hammer, went for a tennis lesson. And the text from Michael said, Henry just took a racket to the face. To the face. (laughs) I think they're a little young to be working on their first serve. Walker was producing a great second little slicer uh, hitting the corners. But yeah, the the end of the lesson was Henry crying in my lap as uh, they were doing the drill. Scratch your back and then boom, hit your brother in the face. So how how was the tennis? Are they... Did they like tennis? Oh, I imagine hitting a ball with a large object should be fun. Yeah, and the the change they now have these tennis balls that are designed for little kids. They're using the red dot, which I believe is the six and under. Okay, uh, so it's a, it's a, an appropriate bounce level for them. Uh, Bootsy loves the routine of the drills. They're doing ladder drills, 
and he's showing uh, he's showing an ability to hit the ball. Henry just is daydreaming and waiting to get mini muffins on the car ride home. Okay, but I'm not I'm not a tennis player. I take when they say tennis whites seriously. So we've been uh, scrambling to try and find any outfit that seems to fit the club dress code. And yesterday we sent them. They either look like they were going to be backup dancers in a boy band video <laughs> or marshmallows. Yeah, just full white Nike jumpsuits. Yes, it's nice. It's good. It's good for them. It's good, and I'm I'm glad. And, and Henry's better now. Oh yeah, it was just it was just a light bump. Yeah. Okay, a brother's bump, if you will. All right, so let me uh, yeah let me get to a couple of things. First, first I'll just I'll take credit for something. Second, we'll do the bad thing. First, we'll uh, I'll take credit for something. I'm pretty sure that I said on this show. <clears throat> I know I said it on PTI either Monday or Tuesday last week. We had a story <clears throat> which was about the domination of the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles so far in this season, both being 5-0, and the only two unbeaten teams. And I know I said this on the air. I said, you know what? They're going to lose one or two games each, and they're going to lose to a team where you go, really? And, and I said, they're not going to lose to good teams. They're going to lose to bad teams. I said, like, this week. Now, the Eagles have the Jets, and the 49ers are at Cleveland, and those could be trap games. I know I said that. I got both of those right. Yeah, I believe you did. I got both those right, because they both lost yesterday in, in fairly dull, low-scoring games. That's sort of the commander's effect. Normally, the Eagles lose that game to Washington. Yeah, <laughs> well, they almost did this year, because that went to OT. Yeah. But so, that, yeah, I, you I'm said take credit for that. You said something like they'll they'll beat Buffalo or oh, they'll, they'll beat, beat the, Miami. They'll always beat the yes, good teams, but they they will lose to teams exactly like these. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'm right about that. I wanted to say that. Carville was so great. Carville took New England. Carville like is six and one at the moment, or seven and one. <laughs> My phone was blowing up all. Carville takes New England. Carville takes New England. He gets three and a half. New England plus three and a half. He's going to lose. New England is down by two. Very, very late in the game. Last chance for Mac Jones. He's going to lose the game because New England is is down two at that point. Or do I have it backwards that that's the game he lost? I think that's was it, was it the Colts? Did he lose that one? Oh, he definitely lost the Colts. I don't know why he did that. Yeah. No, he got New, he had New England plus three on the Raiders, and he loses that game. There's a late safety. There's a late safety, so New England gives up. New England ends up four, right? They yes. lose by four, and he has New England plus three, so he loses that game. That was the late safety. He's going to win that game until basically 20 seconds are left, and Mac Jones gets hit in the, in the end zone and goes down. But he won everything else, and pretty he's, much. And didn't he have a week where he was winning these ridiculous covers late? You know, He won all his college games. He won them outright. Yes. He won all the college games. He took three underdogs, won all the college games. Six and, he finished 6-2. and two. He's now 25-19. and 19. And Jeff Ma, for the first week, is going to have a winning week. He'll either be 3-2 and two if the Chargers get within two and a half, get within two, actually, of Dallas tonight. Or he'll be 4-1 he'll be and one if the Chargers win. 3-2 and two if they don't. Chuck Todd is 3-3 three and three at the moment. He's got Dallas tonight, so somebody, either Todd or Ma, is going down on that. And the monkey had another bad week, one and two, five he, and thirteen overall. That's, bad week, yeah, that's what he seems to do, bad one week. and two. All right, I got the got the Washington team wrong again. If you if you hear Reginald bet on whatever side go he takes, way. go the other way. Do you see the Atlanta coach in the second half? No, the looks not. of disbelief. <laughs> yeah, 
Smith. It's like, what's going he's on He's just here? standing there. He's holding the play chart. His brow is furrowed. He can't believe what's going on here. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I was in Delaware over the weekend, um, and I got, Friday was a beautiful day, and I played 18 on Friday. It was totally beautiful. So you got in, in time for your tea time? I got there. I arrived at a 1 o'clock tea time. I arrived at 2 minutes to 1. So I just walked out without any warm-up. It was fine. I had a, it was such a pretty day. It was the last great day of the year. Really was. Last great day of the year. Saturday, it was going to rain. Um, all the reports said it would start around 12 noon. We got a 9, 10 tea time. I figured, okay, I'll play 13, 14 holes. That'll be enough. I'm playing with some other people, and at 9, it begins to sprinkle at 9. 9 at Rehoboth takes you back to the clubhouse. It's par 5. Takes you back to the clubhouse. And two of the people I was playing with decided, that's it. It's beginning to rain. We're out. So I played with the other guy. I played the next nine because I went into the pro shop and I said, What's, what does it say on the radar? And the guy says to me, we don't even have this. We don't even account for this sprinkling. So we think you're going to be good. And in fact, we were good. It started to rain at 18. We, we probably finished. played the oh, that's perfect. second nine in about an hour and 15. Well, we, we picked up two people uh, at number 13 because it's always better to play with four than two. We picked up Gil and Chuck at 13. And, but we, yeah, we, we did it in about an hour and a half, which was good. So let me get to the news that I have to get to, which is, and I found this out when I was out there. I was out in Delaware. And my phone begins to ring here and there. Not ring, like nobody's calling me. They're sending me messages. And there's a ping sound when I get a message. And I probably got eight to 10 of these, which is really a lot on any one thing. It's really a lot, eight to 10 for me. Because not I don't give out my phone number. People can't just get to me. And they're all the same. Louise Gluck. Louise Gluck dies at 80 years old. And, um, you know, they let me know that she dies. And I read, you know, a couple of the obits. I, I, I've always believed, I mean, I've not always believed because I didn't know who she was until she won the Nobel Prize. But I've always believed that she went to Hewlett High School. She went to my high school and graduated five or six years before I did whatever it was, four or five years. Um, in one of the obituaries, I was told, Chan sent me that she grew up in Cedarhurst. You know, the five towns on the south shore of Long Island are Hewlett, Woodmere, Cedarhurst, Inwood, and I've forgotten the other one, Hewlett Harbor, probably. But if you lived in Cedarhurst or you lived in Inwood of these five towns, you went to Lawrence High School. If you lived in Hewlett or Woodmere or Hewlett Harbor, you, you went to Hewlett High School. So if she grew up in Cedarhurst, maybe she went to Lawrence. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the most wonderful text that I got, of course, was from Greg. And Greg was, roses are red, violets are blue, Louise Gluck is dead, boo-hoo-hoo. And he said, I really think that fits, I think that's good. I think she would like that. <laughs> that's a medium, yes. And Louise Gluck, or, um, her poetry, which I've never read, uh, I'm not intending to read it, isn't it, isn't it sort of dark and isn't it sort of despairing? And didn't she win... She won the Nobel Prize. I'm not sure anybody from my high school. I don't think Steinman or Donna Karen won the Nobel Prize. Um, so, but I think that it's despairing. Was that fair to say? Dark tone. Yeah. Yeah, bleak. 
bleak. That's fair to say, right? I, I think so. Like, it, it wasn't happy. Yeah, it was not, you know, a lot of jumping and skipping poems. Right. And I said the same message to everyone about this. I mean, obviously, she's a Nobel Prize winner. She's a great poet. But we, she doesn't know me, didn't know me. And we made fun of her all the time, right? We talked about the bleakness of, you know, Louise. We're, we're done. Can't do that. You know, you respect the fact that she has passed on. And in passing, you remark of, of her obvious, fantastic. She won the Nobel Prize. Yeah. Come on. It's pretty good. Yeah. You know. I'm just reading this. Apparently, it's either her father, her father and, and his brother, when they immigrated to the United States, invented the X-Acto knife. Really? <laughs> wow. Everybody's got an exacto knife. No. That's tremendous. It's just one of That's those... a good start in life. It is. If you are the child of the people who have invented the exacto knife. You're doing knife. all right. Yeah. yeah, well that was like Michael Nesmith of oh, the monkeys. His mom invented liquid white paper. Up. <laughs> or white up. Yeah. So okay, this is a this is a good head start. Yes. This is a very good head start. Yeah. Thomas Edison's children. Head start. Way ahead of the game. Right? Yes. Way ahead of the yeah. game. Yeah. See, see those lights? Yeah. Yeah. My dad did that. My dad did that. Uh, by the way, during the fall, and I'm reading from her bio on, on Wikipedia. Did she go to Hewlett? During the fall of her senior year at George W. Hewlett High School okay. in Hewlett, New York. All yeah. right. There what did she go. do in the fall of her senior year? Uh, she was dealing with some issues. So oh, okay. It, it goes on. It's, yeah. So we are, um, those of us who write, those of us who write, we write about what we know. We write about who we are and what we know, especially, it would seem to me, in fiction. Poetry poetry asks you to examine your life, your soul, and reach inside yourself and bring out what is the most important thing to you. So she was, you know, she was not a laugh a minute person apparently right or maybe she was she could have maybe you could have dinner with her and she would have been penny Youngman. i mean i don't know i don't know but i i got so many messages i don't know we got a lot in the mailbag as well yeah a lot yeah and if we don't we're not going to get to the vast majority of them no i mean i just my 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 feeling is that you know that we ought to be, you didn't have to be respectful in the past, but you must be. Today, res- yes. You must be respectful now. Must be respectful now. And then. One can only hope that some of her early works in there was a poem about Mr. Smilo and driving. Yeah. I wonder if she took that course. Here's an example from John Juback in Pittsburgh. 11 years ago, Louise Gluck published a collection of prior works simply entitled Poems, 1962 to 2012. Apparently, I'm back for more cash. Was already taken. <laughs> we, we can't get away from the nature of this show, which is to laugh and smile. If, you know. Anyway, we'll get out of here. Michael Wilbon, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Michelle Hunter. We've played her music before. This is sent to us by her uncle, Matt, from Taya Chop. Says uh, this, her latest album is called Falling Awake, and she sent two songs from it, and this is called Goodbye Spring. Um, the album was released on Friday, and it's on all the major streaming services. Michelle Hunter. It's great driving music. Yeah, and it's really good. And she was going to play in Michael Wilbon, but we can't find Wilbon. Wilbon is somewhere in Los Angeles. He undoubtedly stayed up late last night, and we can't find him, and it's okay. It's all right, because he doesn't want to hear the first question that I have, which would have been this. Bad day for your favorites. Bad day. Deion Sanders I think Colorado was up 29 nothing. They were on Friday night, yeah. And lost in some o- an OT situation. Yes. Terrible, Stanford. terrible yes. for Deion Sanders. Worse for Caleb Williams out of Gonzaga. Ooh. Three picks in the first half against Notre Dame. Mike knows. Mike sends his child. Matty goes to Gonzaga. Mike knows Caleb Williams, knows his dad. They chat a lot. He won the Heisman last year. He will likely be the number one draft pick. But he may have lost the Heisman because the Notre Dame game will be one of the five most watched games of the year when everything is counted, Um, not counting the playoffs, of course. And to throw three picks in the first half, did they lose 48-20? They got killed. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) They got killed. They got killed. And so, you know, these are people that Wilbon knows, Wilbon loves – uh, it's possible that, again, it's possible that that was the, the the Heisman game. Michael Penix of Washington, his name comes out there a lot. Washington beat Oregon. That was a good game. That was, that I was watched. probably the best game of the weekend, yeah. <clears throat> I watched that on Saturday. That was really good. And the kid May from North Carolina, the quarterback whose brother played basketball in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, that's Drake right. Drake May, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, his yeah. name is. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that, and Mike... <laughs> Can't talk about it because he's not on with us. <laughs> it would not be I want to talk though. about how loaded the Pac-12 is. Yeah. So that Dion, they may not win another game. The, the Pac-12 has about five or six teams that are five and one. The Pac-12 looks, and it's over for the Pac-12. <laughs> right, the swan it's song. completely over. Then I was going to talk about the Bears being terrible. And Justin Fields, who was terrible in the game, went out. And I was going to ask about that. But I can't ask about that because I don't have Wilbon. You know who else is terrible? Carolina is terrible. Oh, the Panthers? They're terrible. Yeah. They went up 14 nothing on Miami, and Miami scored the next 35 points. <laughs> Red out of the and Bryce Young appears to not be the best pick. C.J. Stroud appears to be the best pick. C.J. Stroud and Houston won another game yesterday. Yeah, I think you didn't f- anticipate them winning two games all year. I think he finally threw an interception. He did, finally, but he he's he's the right, yeah. he looks like the guy you should have drafted first. Yeah. Carolina's owner, David Tepper, goes out of his way to tell you very often how smart he is. 
Uh, and then he hired Frank Reich. You know, he got rid of Matt Rule, and he hired Frank Reich, a quarterback guy, and they drafted Bryce Young. Bryce Young's 5'10". I don't know. I don't know that that was the right pick. It looks like C.J. Stroud was the right pick. Doesn't look like it's You would say Anthony Richardson was the right pick, but he may have season-ending shoulder surgery. He's only played in two games. As good as he looks, he gets hit. He runs, he gets hit. I wonder about that. 49ers lose. I mentioned this at the top of the show. Eagles lose. You know, um, I watched the Atlanta... Washington game on red zone. They showed that a lot because it was a close game. Desmond Ritter at the end of the game had three opportunities to score Riddle and tie this. the game. And he couldn't do it. Three and the last one was tough because he didn't have much time, but he had two real drives. Yeah. He had two real opportunities. Atlanta held Washington and got the ball back twice and nothing seemed to happen. They had to that burn point. that f- the timeout at the end. Yeah. Um, Seattle-Cincinnati was a very exciting game. Yeah, it was a good one. You know, Joe Burrow, Carvo was right about that one. I thought Seattle was going to win. Oh, this is this a this, call from Wilbon? This is probably Wilbon. Is this yes. Wilbon? I hope yes. it's the front Hold desk. On. Well, we're going we're gonna to see if this is Wilbon. We did the segment without him. Yeah. No, let's go. We did the whole segment without you. And hey, Mike, can you hear us now? Yeah, I got you. I was saying in your absence that Carolina is terrible and Bryce Young, it looks like C.J. Stroud was the right pick and not Bryce yeah, Young, yeah, right? Yeah, C.J. Stroud has looked great. He's looked he great all great. year. He has yeah. looked great all year. He has. Yeah, he is. And I know you loved Desmond Ritter last year. He couldn't get it done against Washington. He had opportunity after opportunity. Um, yeah, Ritter, I liked Ritter in college. I didn't, I didn't think that necessarily conveyed, but right. I liked him, you know. He was good. He was good at Cincinnati. He was good at Cincinnati. Yes, he was. So now, so now the 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 overarching question, honestly, for somebody like you who's watched that division your whole life, Mm -hmm. are you buying into the Detroit Lions now? Uh, Slowly. Yeah. And part of it is because relative, because the Packers and Bears and Vikings aren't any good. They're not good. No. No. So you know, slowly. Yesterday was was important to win in Tampa like that. that yes, to them that was a convincing win. That was yes, yes, it was. Yes, you know, um, I mean, look, I don't think they, I don't think that Philadelphia and San Francisco are going to lose to good teams. I don't, but the Lions may be good, right? They may, they may actually be. be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know that those losses were catastrophic. No, 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 no. They were. But they lost to teams that you, you just didn't think they were going to lose yesterday. I, I, I did. I told you we were on the show together or either Monday or Tuesday, and I said those look like trap games to me right off the oh, bat. I, I, I don't even know if they were trap games. They just – I mean, I watched a lot of the San Francisco game. They just got beat. Now they, and they lost those two guys. Yeah. If they're out for any time. Well, they lost three guys. They lost Trent Williams too, right? Didn't he go out? Well, Trent Williams came right back in. Oh, he did? Okay. He came right back in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, you sure. can't you can't lose your two best offensive players. I mean, you can't. No, 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 no. Those guys are too impactful. So you know, th- that was that was you know that 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 was. I guess we're going to lead with 
you know, that loss today. I would assume that that's at the top. I, I don't know what's second, and I would assume that the baseball is third. That was a yeah, good yeah. game. Uh, Texas yeah, winning, so. right? Texas winning is, is a, a – I, I, I saw no tech. I saw not – first of all, that – these things on a Sunday, well, especially out here, because, and I, I was in the studio all night. I mean, I was in here. You know, I, was, I was working, so I didn't – I could have seen it because I were in a war room with a whole bunch of TVs. I didn't see one pitch of that. Oh, not I one, did. I, it was a good game. Not one pitch. It was a solid 2 nothing, good pitching, good defensive is game, game. Is game two tonight, or is it sta- this afternoon? Is it it's afternoon. It's the, the Phillies open tonight. The Texas series is this afternoon, opposite us. Okay. I think it's so, 4.37. Oh, oh, it's opposite uh, us. I'm yeah, saying that yeah. like we're not going to be on. Uh, or we'll be on, but, okay. but the baseball yeah, is on. So I don't even know if, if we'll talk about that baseball because that's going to be on. But we, we should. Yeah. It's, okay. a, it's a league championship series. All right. So what okay. are you doing today? Do you... Uh, I'm done staying here and doing the game. Okay. I'm doing the show. No, but I mean, is there more basketball? Are you staying out there for that? No, 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 no. It was it was a doubleheader last night. Right. Dame and and Dame and uh, and Giannis played against the Lakers. Anthony Davis played. and LeBron did not. Golden State and Sacramento played an entertaining thing, and uh, so no, it's it, preseason goes one more week. The regular season starts a week from tomorrow. All right. All right, I'll, uh, yeah. go, go lie down. I'll talk to you later. All right, all right, all right. Talk. Michael Wimbon. Michael Wimbon shows up in the middle. Fantastic. Uh, we will take a break. And Richard Justice, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Michelle Hunter. This is called You Asked. It's got a Ronettes beginning, doesn't it? It's got that big drum at the beginning. (laughs) Ronettes beginning. Michael, if people like Michelle Hunter want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. It plays in Richard Justice, who is a native of Texas and who has covered baseball and who is now sitting in Texas as the two largest cities, Dallas and Houston, play against each other. My first question is sort of obvious. The Mets-Yankees World Series was a ratings disaster because people turned away from it because they didn't care. People like me who grew up in New York cared, but most people didn't. What do you think about Texas-Houston? Is that 
is that problematic as well for the rest of the country or or is it not because Houston you know everybody's watched them for so many years be really good well I, I think nationally it's probably going to be a ratings disaster yeah. and I think anytime you have a series that doesn't have the Yankee I mean, we're, we're talking nationally Yankees Red Sox Cubs Dodgers the marquee franchises right. you know but in this one you, you you did have you do have Justin Verlander I think Jordan Alvarez has become a star but I'm more curious what the ratings will be in Texas. We've always thought since since the Astros joined the American League in 2013, like if we could get the Rangers and the Astros in the playoffs, it would it would it captivate the entire state? Would it take some attention away from the Cowboys and the Aggies and Longhorns, et cetera? Um, and, and so that, to me, is what I'll see. How interested is the entire state of Texas? Obviously, those of us in the media are, are fascinated yeah. by it. You know, the, this has never really been a rivalry because you can't have a rivalry if both teams aren't good. Now they're now that both teams are really good. They got into some back and forth hitting hit by pitches in in a matchup late in the season, and and, and all of that. So it, that's to me is the more fascinating part. Yeah, I wondered: Are they actual rivals? Do they dislike each other? Wasn't there something over the celebrations? That, I mean, <laughs> well, do, uh, explain uh, that. Okay, what happened late in the year was they hit Alvarez, and and then Simeon got hit, and then Simeon hits a home run. He crosses home plate, and he tells this pretty pretty good line from Marty Maldonado. Simeon tells Maldonado, "You know we're going to win this game," and Maldonado goes, "No, it's just like when you were at the A's. You ain't winning here," <laughs> which is a, a pretty good comeback. Right? No, the, the celebration part was did start with a tweet in Houston. The, the Rangers, after clinching on Saturday night in Seattle, clinching, not clinching the division, clinching a playoff berth, playoff berth. they had a very short 10-, 12-minute champagne thing where they sprayed champagne, mostly at Bruce Bochy's request, like, hey, you have to enjoy it. Meanwhile, in Arizona, the Astros had clinched a spot and didn't do anything. They had a to- Dusty had a toast, and and they went on about their business. What what the Rangers sent out on social media was this: what looked like a, a full blown party, and a guy in Houston tweeted, "Oh yeah, the the Rangers don't know how to don't know how to handle success. The Astros do, and it just became this huge flame. It was it was Ken Rosenthal and the Athletic. Everyone who was there saw it. I mean, the biggest celebration was about it was about seven minutes, eight minutes." Marcus Simeon went in, and the real celebration was they watched the Astros on TV and ordered Chick-fil-A. It was not what it appeared to be. But the optics were terrible, and had they lost, had they had to fly to Tampa Bay because they lost one to nothing the next day, got one runner as far as second, then had to fly to Tampa, play immediately. Had they flamed out, that would have been the story of their entire season. You guys got liquored up after winning basically nothing. Okay. All right. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But there is obviously going to be some sort of rivalry oh, there. Yeah. Well, Just, now it is because yeah. well, you're you're both good, and there's there's so much on the line. And you know, somebody tweeted out a quote: Dusty didn't speak after they won the division in Sunday uh, on Sunday in Arizona. They beat the Diamondbacks. The the Rangers lost one to nothing to a Seattle team that had nothing to play for. Had been eliminated the night before. And Dusty said to the team, "Oh, I'm not speaking when they. I'm not doing the toast. 
J.V. Verlander, you do the toast. I'll do it after the World Series. And somebody said, that's bulletin board material. I'm like, hey, stupid, if you need bulletin board material <laughs> when a World Series berth is on the line, you got bigger problems than that. Verlander, two runs. Verlander pitched well enough to win. The other guy, Montgomery, gave up nothing. But right, Verlander pitched well enough to win that game. I was, I was surprised at the low-scoring quality of that game. That was an old-fashioned hardball game. Both starters got into the seventh inning. Jordan Montgomery, uh, a trade deadline pickup by the Rangers. The attention was on. They went out and got Max Scherzer. Yep. But Montgomery has been great. He's 30 years old. He's, gonna, he's, he's entering his free agency in a couple of weeks. 19 outs, Tony, 90 pitches. He only struck out six, but three of those six were Jordan Alvarez, who he has, who has the Rangers have discovered up and in, there's a little hole, hole in his swing. So he made 11 starts for the Rangers, 2-7-9. They, and now today they have Nathan Evaldi, who, whose postseason record. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. He's the, wonderful. one of the heroes of the Red Sox yep. winning in 2018. Yep. He's from Alvin, Texas, which is the hometown. Nolan of, Ryan. That's right. And um, so it's, it's, it's a big deal. Montgomery and Evaldi, the Rangers have played six postseason games, won them all. Montgomery and Evaldi have started five of those games. So obviously in a seven-game series, you'll get, he'll have to get stretched out a little more. Is, is Scherzer is on the roster? Is he ready to pitch? Is it Andrew Haney? Something like that. But so far, the, the blueprint for the Rangers is pretty much two young two rookies, Evan Carter, who made his debut, his major league debut in September, has stolen the show, and the third baseman, Josh Young, two great young players. But Bochy is the maestro of the bullpen. What he did in game two in Baltimore was just brilliant, moving starters into the bullpen, relievers one, two, a parade of relievers out. Um, they so far uh, look like a perfect team. I know the Phillies look like a, an explo- yes. a team you don't want to play, but yes. the Rangers are pretty darn good. What is Scherzer's physical condition? Do you actually expect him? I read today that he's lined up for the first game in in Dallas. Is that true? Yeah, but you put him on the roster, you have to pitch him. And I think it gets down to the fact that Bochy and Chris Young and those guys, they trust the guy. If he says... You know, you know, I mean, you've seen him take yeah. himself out of games yes. and, and, and tell the Nationals, uh, uh, the, the Tigers, I'm ready to go. If he says he's ready to go, you hand him the baseball and you go and, and watch. And, and is it a gamble? Of course it's a gamble. But they have to start someone. It's, you can't start Montgomery and Evaldi in every game. But if they win today, and Evaldi's track record is phenomenal. If they win today, you know, you win two on the road, then you go home to play – potentially be able to clinch it at home. And <laughs> if you've seen more as much as anybody, Max has, a, has an ability to rise to the moment. Yeah, I just wondered if there would be physical limitations if he'd be on a strict oh, pitch count. absolutely, and, there'll be physical. Yeah. That, that's why you have all yeah. those guys in the bullpen. Yeah. I, I can't emphasize enough what the Rangers have done is incredible. Their ERA during the regular season was four two eight. That was the eight. That was number eighteen in baseball. It's one eight three in the postseason. That's two and a half runs difference. Their bullpen. I mean, it was a slow motion horror movie every night watching their bullpen during the regular season. ERA almost five. It's one eight six in the postseason, and it's not new guys. It's like this guy they sent out. Josh Boers got big outs last night. Aralus Chapman has rediscovered himself. You know, he got the big play last night. 
Bregman hit a bomb, and when yeah. with two guys on, and when it left the bat, you think, um, seen this movie before, the Astros are going to rally in the eighth inning to win, and Jose Altuve made a base-running mistake. So this is the team. The Rangers are 6-0 and in the postseason. They finished the season losing three out of four in Seattle. The Astros wiped them out in a three-game series yes, in they Arlington. Did. Yes, they did. It's, uh, and they've won the games 34-4. to uh, they've they've looked great. I mean, great. they have looked great at this point. And Houston, they're a really good team. They're trying to to repeat yeah, for the first it, it time in a long time. It has been a good year for the Astros. Ninety wins. That, yeah, uh, I, yeah. And then there were holes in the lineup, holes in the rotation. There was guys got hurt. Alvarez got hurt. Altuve got hurt. Uh, Luis Garcia. Yeah, but they have they have Valdez today, right? And he's their right. he's their best pitcher, is he not? From uh, Valdez, yeah, he's, he's a, their best. When he's on his game, and sometimes he has trouble controlling his temper, but when he's on his game, uh, he's as good as there is. So, I mean, it's it's everything you want in postseason baseball deliver, was delivered to us last night, and there's a potential this afternoon to get get that again. There is a game tonight as well. Philadelphia is at Arizona. D-backs, right. Bryce Harper is the biggest star in this series. He's lived up to the contract, hasn't he? I mean, he's Absolutely. legit. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. the one thing about Dave Dombrowski, a veteran baseball guy who put together championship great teams in Detroit and in Boston and Miami, um, he simplifies it. I want guys who are comfortable on the big stage. Now, he didn't sign Bryce, but he saw in Bryce Harper a guy, and this was true from the moment he walked into the Nationals clubhouse. He he wanted the game on his shoulders. He yes. wanted the attention. Yes. There's a story about him when he was like 16 years old in the Arizona Fall League. He, um, his team is down by one in the ninth, and he just points in the dugout. He's a kid, and he says, if this guy, if the leadoff hitter, if this guy gets on, I'm going to turn the lights out on this bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> the guy got on. They have never found the ball that Bryce Harper destroys. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's who Bryce Harper is. But. What Dave Dombrowski has done is put together a bunch of other guys that are very, very comfortable in the spotlight, and they are fun. And they now are going to have Wheeler and Nola pitches in games one and two. I, I love the Diamondbacks are good. They're young. They're frisky. The guy that's starting for them tonight, Zach Galen, is, is a Philly native. Yes. But the, the, the Phillies are playing big boy baseball right now. They are. They're really that lineup. I, oh, I, my goodness. I know I say this all the time. When you're <laughs> the pitcher for the other team and the first guy up for the Phillies has 47 home runs in the regular season, don't tell me he batted 180. It right. doesn't matter. If yeah. you, he'll take you out, right? There's nothing more devastating than to yield a first pitch home run to, a, to Schwarber who swings at everything, right? Yeah, and that's what's one of the changes in the game is that uh, they want – you know, when A.J. Hinch put George Springer at the top of the Houston lineup, like, oh, well, that's a different look. That's not the traditional way of doing it. Bam, you know, 37, uh, I think in his career he has 30 leadoff home runs. You want, you start with a one nothing lead, and that's, that, that's, that's an advantage. But they're a fun team. I mean, yeah. I think you said the other day, when Trey Turner hits a home run, <laughs> he hits it into the upper deck. And those things, with that crowd, I mean, that's the best crowd in baseball Lifts right now the in, team in up. Philadelphia. Lifts and the team they, up. those players clearly, they feed off Harper's emotion, but they feed off that crowd, too. Yeah, that's a, 
I'm expecting them to win. Maybe they won't. Maybe Arizona will win, but I'm expecting. All right, we will talk as the playoffs go on. Thank you, Richard. Thanks, Tony. Richard Justice, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We'll come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. This Mr. Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of your folks. Isn't that nice? I never heard that before. That's Brandon Costello. Oh, yeah, we played that. That's, it's been I a while. I don't remember it. It's been a while since we played that, but it's That's very lovely. lovely. That's lovely. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad for us? Please? Yes, got the bagel sandwiches today. Always happy about that. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying. That's because I'm deaf at this point. (laughs) Only the echoes of my mind. People stop and stare and I can't see their faces. Only the shadows of their eyes. That is recorded by Nilsson, whose name was Harry Nilsson. I don't believe he is with us anymore. I think you're right. That was the opening song and to this great movie, Midnight Cowboy. I mean, it's just... I think that um, John Voight's in the bus going to New York when this yes. song begins to play. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Richard Justice. Thanks to our sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you listen through Apple, please leave us a review. Uh, what do we have here? Let's get to these things. From Reese Knott, where he quotes me as saying, I've never been to a Dollar Tree. Humble brag, much orange man. I'll hang up and listen. I, I've seen them. I've never gone in. I assume there have been other stores like that. There have been stores called the Dollar Store. Yep. I assume that they try to get everything in there, not under a dollar or for a dollar or a little bit more, but that they're trying to tell you we have inexpensive products here, right? Yeah. That's what it is. But, but new I've, status symbol is to, to go there and shop. I've never I've never walked into a I've never walked into a Whole Foods. That's true. I mean, That's not so possible. I've never walked into a Whole Foods. Costco? Um, never walked into a Costco. I've been into a uh, Target. I've been into both the Kmart and the Walmart. I've never gone into a Costco. No. Uh, Alex Lau. The fact that you've never been to a Dollar Tree is about as unsurprising as you not being able to hit a golf ball out of the sand, which is to say it is a Wilbon on the surprise-o-meter, or not surprising whatsoever. I'm not even sure you'd be willing to go into a store named Five Dollar Tree or Ten Dollar Tree. I imagine you're throwing a $100 bill on the counter that may or may not have been borrowed from a stripper <laughs> and telling them you're buying everything in the store. P.S. To answer Michael's question, while Baby Hudson has yet to have had a major blowout in public, He's had plenty in the confines of our apartment, as the kid has the frame and eating tendencies of a linebacker. (laughs) From Brandon Costello. Mr. Tony, I've never been to a Dollar Tree. There's the news flash. Nowhere I've never been. A million Dollar Tree. (laughs) How's the ice cream selection there? Uh, Ashton Wingate, Brooklyn, New York. Chuck and Roxy, 209. I can't wait for the episode of The One Percenters where Tony finds out upon entering a Dollar Tree for the first time that there are items in the store priced above $1. 
jaw drop, blood boiling. I'd love to see Tony slam a bag of gummy bears on the counter and insist that the store enter honor their conveniently unwritten guarantee to provide goods and services for a dollar or less. Gold, Jerry. Speaking of gold, Jerry, the, everybody knows this line. Everybody 40 and up knows the line, that's gold, Jerry. And you all, Jerry is what makes the line. Yeah. It's Jerry. Yeah. I called Melman. I said, who wrote the line? I want to know who wrote the line. He said, I think Larry. (laughs) I think Larry wrote the line. (laughs) Because it, and Melman says, younger people use it. Really? That's gold, Jerry. Oh, so they don't even that. know who Jerry is. I love that. But Seinfeld is still in the pre-dinner reruns <clears throat> for our generation. Oh, is that oh, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kenny Banyan, I believe, was the character, the comedian, the, the other sort of not great comedian on the show. Yes, it was not, it was not somebody who was... Yeah, it wasn't George, it wasn't no, no, uh, Kramer. No, no, no. Was, no. Yeah. But Melman knows who delivered the line. I don't know the name. <laughs> a sh- uh, an Ace Hardware haiku <laughs> from Cher. Ace is the place with the incessant coupons, but never for propane. From Daniel Walsman in Damascus, Maryland. A few weeks ago, the lady to whom I'm related by marriage uh, was looking for a new car. She suggested a Subaru Outback. I almost shot milk out of my nose. I said only if it has a roof rack and specialty license plate. We eventually settled on something else, and all I could think of was I definitely don't love my kids that much to be a Subaru owner. Also, Costco chicken is underrated. Hmm. It says, I'm hoping to be on Chuck and Roxy number 940. From Robert Lowe, not that Rob Lowe, from North Royalton, Ohio, episode 511. Not a good episode, but some were worse, (laughs) so we have that going for us. (laughs) I feel like there are a couple of items that need to be addressed. Because of this lousy show, I've begun to search out coffee ice cream, and I will now argue that Mitchell's ice cream in Cleveland may be the best option. They have two varieties, dark roast and coffee with chocolate chunks. As chocolate chips or chunks seem to be the only acceptable schmutz allowed in ice cream, I think you should try it. If a non-coffee option is of interest, then their Bing cherry with chocolate chunks is excellent. My teenage non-masculine child may have found the most vile pumpkin-flavored delicacy, Wendy's Pumpkin Spice Frosty. Tasting it was like licking the actual gates of hell. (laughs) It's beyond (laughs) awful. Finally, the woman I'm related to by marriage and I are looking to purchase a car from one of our offsprings. For one of our offsprings. We found out our niece was selling her car as she and her future husband are in need of only one car in Chicago. was a Subaru. When I looked at the lovely couple and said, nope, not interested, my wife looked at me and said, is this because of that bleeping Mr. Tony? My response, kind of. But the truth is, I don't love our kids at a Subaru level. Her disdain for you grows. From Sandy Shustak, Hewlett High School, class of 1970, the unofficial podiatrist of this show. I must strongly differ with your opinion about the song Brandy by Looking Glass. Cruising down Sunrise Highway late at night with my friends on the way to the White Castle. God, I know where that is. (laughs) Listening to AM tunes on the radio late at night. Brandy was a big hit along with Gary Puckett tunes. My group also traveled to and from Eula to Trenton, New Jersey in August of 1972 to the Trenton Motor Speedway to hear Looking Glass Beach Boys and the Kinks one night. By the way, whatever happened to the latter two groups? Eat it, Beach Boys and Kinks. Mike Todd, not that Mike Todd from Columbus, Ohio. Please tell Michael thank you for bringing to my attention the NHL collection with Johnny O. As the in-arena host for the Columbus Blue Jackets, I was excited to order a quilted vest that I could wear to games. On behalf of many other Ohio Littles, I would also like to welcome Claire Natola to our beloved state. Hopefully she can class up the joint. (laughs) Finally, sure enough, as soon as I stopped listening to the podcast and turned on the radio, what should come on? Brandy by Looking Glass. (laughs) Coincidence? I think not. It's such a terrible song. It's really not a great song. It's (laughs) terrible. Steve the Sycophant. We'll have a new Fat Bear Week winner this time around, dear Toby. 
Previous chimps, champs rather, chimps. lost in the semis. And as of Tuesday afternoon, the last day of voting, Bear 28, Grazer, is leading Bear 32, Chunk, by a better than 4-1 to one margin. Unless there's a huge turnout for Chunk in the next eight hours, Grazer will easily waddle away with the trophy, plus God knows how many pounds of fat as hibernation time draws nearer. Congratulations to all the contestants, and remember, there are no losers here, just millions of calories consumed. After he wrote the initial letter to me, which I'd never heard of, fat bears. Never everywhere. Yeah. I started reading stories everywhere about this. <laughs> like, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Any upsets in the divisional round? Are we going to have to change the wild card? Yeah. <laughs> Reseeding. For Kapil and Prajapati in Vienna, Virginia, I am emailing you with a problem. I just came home from a great first date. She's beautiful, intelligent, funny, and plays golf. But here comes the problem. Mm-hmm. She works for Cigna. Ooh. That Cigna. No. The vaunted Cigna. I'm in an existential crisis. Should I just end it now? Start when I'm ahead? She's probably a horrible person. I'll probably be pillaged like one of their customers seeking advice. <laughs> Stay with it. Yeah. Maybe you can Maybe you finally get approved. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You Maybe you could get my MRI approved. <laughs> we need Stay you on the inside. It. Yeah, we need you on Come the on, inside, You'll man. Stay with it. Uh, from Ken Sands in Forest Hill section of DC. As someone in the age group of 60 to death, I figured I should get the new COVID shot. I took your advice. I scheduled a vaccination at the CVS inside the Target in Tenleytown. Arnie, the tech, informed me that one of Evelyn and Emily no longer works there. Right, Emily does not work there anymore. And the other one had the day off. I was so disappointed. But Annie was, oh, Annie, the tech, not Arnie. But Annie was very helpful. I asked if I should get the RSV RSV shot, and she helped me with the paperwork to do it right then, right along with the COVID shot. Both my arms are sore today, but all in all, it was a good place to go. Thanks for the tip, Grandpa. I need the RSV shot. I haven't gotten it. They have a good crew over there. Jeremy in South Carolina. In the early 2000s, I was in Cooperstown, New York for the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. I was in my mid-twenties and traveling with my childhood best friend who was wearing a Jim Edmonds jersey and who at the time wasn't the epitome of peak physical condition. One morning as we were walking toward the Otisaga Hotel, we heard a voice behind yell, hey Edmonds, what happened? You look like blank. Just as we turned around, a golf cart was passing us and sitting on the back was Frank Robinson, giving us a friendly wave and grinning (laughs) ear to ear. That's funny. From Brandon Borzelli in Lebanon, New Jersey, even though the Eagles-Chiefs game is not until November 20th. There was a photo leaked online of Reginald wearing a Jason Kelsey jersey, attending a backstage party at a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> the photo, photo was taken down quickly, but Reginald's either picking the Eagles or picking Taylor to dump Travis in favor of Jason. It's unclear. John Buchanan, Annapolis, Maryland. Let's review. Wilbon isn't surprised and Tony doesn't understand. Um, okay, we'll do one more. We'll do one more. This is from Andrew Stoller in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And for those of you who don't know what Steamboat Springs, Colorado is, there was a period of time where basically every United States skier oh, was yeah. from that's, Steamboat Springs, that's right. Springs, Colorado. I believe Kid was there and Yuga was there. This is in the probably 60s and 70s. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to read this. You think the Baltimore Mount Rushmore is hard? What about Steamboat Springs, Colorado? Buddy Werner and Billy Kidd are the two locks. They both have statues on the ski resort like Michael Jordan outside the United Center. I tend to go with Vern Lundquist. Wow, he's from there as number three for his national notoriety. Vern has been a staple in the steamboat community since the 70s. Number four is a yes, bear. Sir. Do you go with Todd Lodwick, <laughs> who went to six Olympics and won a silver for the Nordic Combined Team Competition? He was also a flag bearer for the U.S. team in 2014. Or do you go with Johnny Spillane, who won three silver medals for Nordic Combined and a world championship? I still know who to leave off. One more fact about Steamboat. Our local Ace Hardware store lets you use your coupons on propane even after they have expired. (laughs) Let's all go. Let's go. If you're out on your bike, everyone, as always, do wear white. 
You're slouching again, Ted. Still left me cold 